when I came up over the stairs and uh, here's this young guy in my kitchen, uh, you know, telling me uh, the things that I'm doing are, are slightly askew from the way they should be done. Um, and I'd been I'd been making hash for years, and uh, I didn't uh, I didn't pre-wash, I didn't do things of that nature. And uh, you know, when when uh, it, it made sense once I learned about it, I just never had been exposed to it. And uh, of course, Kyle had been out in California making hash, and uh, you know that what he brought to the table, the knowledge he brought to the table is just incredible. Um, and and here I, you know, he's. He's at least a dozen years younger than me or so, you know, and, he, and he's educating me on on uh, something I've been exposed to, uh, you know, for the best part of my whole life. Uh, you know, I started making uh, cannabis oil in 1980, so it's, it's not like I was unfamiliar with it. You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Hi, welcome to The Young Jerks podcast. This is Mike Crawford. This episode, we're remembering mass cannabis heroes. This is part one on Kyle Carrillo, a.k.a. also known as Elmo. He was a good friend of mine. Definitely miss him. We're speaking to three of his friends who are remembering him in this episode. To start off, we hear from Glenn Lewis, who is the husband of Catherine Lewis, who you're going to hear in the very first interview segment, husband and wife, uh, who worked with Kyle. You can uh, find much more information about Catherine and Glenn at their shop they have a shop up in uh, maine 662 stanley road winthrop maine homegrownhealthcare.net is the website it's homegrown healthcare alternative wellness apothecary and learning center up there in maine if you want to uh join the elmo club up there in maine uh we're also uh gonna hear from another friend of elmo chris shamanek and we're going to close it off with uh, words from Jen Grew on Elmo. This is part one of a series that we're going to do uh, on my great brother who passed away, Michael Malta, the King of Pot, uh, and Mickey Martin, as well as Red Blazer, Glenn Prescott. Four brothers, I call them brothers because they're brothers in the movement that we lost in Massachusetts over the last decade. And this is part one. We're going to speak to some of their friends about who they were and what they stood for and what, what what kind of people they were. And tonight we're starting with Elmo. I hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, please like us, follow us, subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, all those other places. And if you want to take it a step further, you can definitely send money our way, uh, either through our Patreon, uh, Young Jerks Patreon, our Midnight Mass Substack, or an easy way is listen on our podcast, Anchor.fm, and become a monthly supporter there. We appreciate everyone. Uh, Here it goes. Here we go. Rest in peace, Elmo. Remember an Elmo tonight. Young Jerks. Well, we started out um, doing our... uh, veterans support uh, meetings here 
and we have an annual veterans event where we bring in other caregivers here in the area and they donate products to do little uh, giveaway bags. We have nurse practitioners on site that uh, do uh, patient certifications. And uh, Ellen Brown was doing a training here for the veterans and she brought uh, Kyle along with her and he did uh, a training on how to make bubble. Yeah, was, that was my first meeting with him. I, I was actually down in the basement uh, making hash myself uh, when I came up over the stairs and uh, here's this young guy in my kitchen, uh, you know, telling me uh, the things that I'm doing are, are slightly askew from the way they should be done. Um, and I'd been I'd been making hash for years and uh, I didn't uh, I didn't pre-wash. I didn't do things of that nature. And uh you know, when when uh, it, it made sense, once I learned about it, I just never had been exposed to it. And uh, of course, Kyle had been out in California making hash and, uh, you know, the, what he brought to the table, the knowledge he brought to the table is just incredible. Um, and, and here I, you know, he's he's at least a dozen years younger than me or so, you know, and, he, and he's educating me on, on uh, something I've been exposed to, uh, you know, for the best part of my whole life. Uh, you know, I started making, uh, cannabis oil in 1980 so it's it's not like i was unfamiliar with it or unfamiliar with making hash but like i say his attention to detail and to show people how to do it the right way uh, was just incredible i was more worried about him with his ice water all over my kitchen floor in front of 30 veterans and he didn't spill a drop nope. <laughs> so you met Elmo. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people talk about his general gen. Uh, I can't even say the word generosity. Generosity. Yes. Tell us about that. Tell us about. Uh, did you see that? I did. Um, the first time he came to me and asked me for a bucket of uh, coconut oil. I'm like a whole bucket. What do, you, what do you need a five What do you need a five-gallon bucket of coconut oil for? He's like, eh, it's time to kick some stuff down. I need to make up some some product for people that uh, are in need. And I'm like, really? What do you mean? And he he had a lot of patients, veterans, cancer patients, just people down and out that that needed it. And he he didn't he didn't he didn't uh, necessarily if he knew somebody was sick. Um, it, the stuff would just show up on their doorstep without uh, without any preference. I mean, he didn't he didn't uh, set it up. He didn't necessarily let them know that it was coming. Um, you know, until he contacted him. Hey, did you get your package or something of that nature? You know, uh, it, it was it, it was kind of fun to watch because he he got a kick out of specifically not telling people it was coming. You know, surprise! Here it is. Yeah, here's the cure for your cancer, and it didn't cost you any. <laughs> the other thing that um, was was unique, uh, I would get calls from patients from all over the country asking for advice on how to use cannabis oil for whatever their treatment was, and then they couldn't find it. And obviously, I wasn't able to ship from the store to other states. Um, you know, under federal guidelines. And 
I would reach out to Kyle and, you know, be frustrated about it because he was around and I'd say, I know, I just don't know how I can help these people anymore. And he's like, we got contacts. We got lots of contacts. And he would make a few phone calls and he had a network of people in other areas that would kick down to people that were too far away from us. And it got done one way or the other, it got done. That's great. And where, where can people find out? You, you have a store and an organization. Tell us about where people can contact you both. Well, we're located in Winthrop, Maine. The trade association actually rents um, their office here in the building. So it's kind of a one-stop shop. So the trade association works on legislation, advocacy, and education. They teach classes. They work at the state house. Um, it's all volunteers. And so people can reach out to Medical Marijuana Caregivers of Maine by uh, going to M-M-C-A-I-N-E, so mmcmaine at gmail.com, or they can call, uh, we have a full-time uh, office administrator that they can call and ask questions at 207-596-3501. We're located in, uh, the same building and we have our storefront we have our manufacturing um kitchen and we can help people however they need it we still do donations we do custom orders and we're just here to help people get started if they want to do the same thing that we do and it's never a question about whether it's affordable medicine if somebody can't afford it we'll provide it for them. awesome and Maine is the best state for that, period, I, I think. I mean, I know other people talk about states out west, but Maine is right up there. It's just amazing. Yeah. There's a lot of caregivers that, that feel the same way we do. Uh, Maine, Maine's loaded with them. So here's, here's a little number for you, Mike. I'll toss at you. Um, in U.S. dollars, Canada did $272 million last year, and uh, Maine did $300 million in medical in comparison so so say who did 272 massachusetts no canada the country. Oh, canada the enti entire country is that medical or legal medical what i, what I believe was medical, medical. so uh, maine yeah. did as much <laughs> medical as the entire country of uh canada yes, yeah that sir. was the numbers that just came out uh no now that's that's providing access for folks right there yeah and i wonder how many of them are from massachusetts uh, <laughs> i'd say probably half <laughs> I'm one. I'm one of them, and I recommend people go up there. I, I do all the time. So, well, yeah. we we care about the quality of what we have. Quality, and, price, and selection, access too, keeping the prices down. That's right. So I want to thank you so much. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share about Kyle or anything that you want people to know about? Kyle was he he was often misunderstood because. Sometimes he could be a little, uh, a little rough around the edges. He held people accountable and feet to the fire for those that that uh, didn't step up to the plate. But on the backside of it, he was such a kind, giving person, and a lot of people didn't see that because he didn't he didn't really want it known. He didn't want to show that side of him. He did it in secret and got a got a kick out of it. So he was, he was truly a, a Robin Hood in the cannabis industry. Uh, you just you just didn't you didn't know you know you, he was very uh, you could look at the man you wouldn't realize uh, how many people's lives that this man was touching it was just incredible 
I miss him daily. And we want to keep it going. We want we want Elmo's name out there so that everybody knows, you know, what he did and and not let it and his legacy this, fade. And what this plant can do for folks, uh, and it, and and the fact that it's it, it's medicine that can be provided at little to no cost for folks. It doesn't have to be about the dollars. And uh, that was something that that he absolutely was all over, uh, you know, and fifty dollar ounces for that matter. So <laughs> they're coming. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I remember he promoted a fifty dollar ounce at a uh, at a festival up in Maine. Uh huh. And and, and there was there was a field full of them. Uh, <laughs> it was incredible. It's funny now. I'm getting a hundred dollar ounces. Right. Which is pretty damn close. I mean, it's 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 pretty good. Yeah, the quality is not bad. Its quality is like decent, like real. I think it's my hundred dollar ounce in Maine. I feel like it's better than a four hundred dollar ounce in Massachusetts. I swear to God, it just oftentimes yes can't compare them. It's it's incredible. We have that small craft cannabis uh, style grow up here that makes makes the uh, it, the ability for us to produce quality that much easier. Uh, not having as many of the large canopy licenses in your state has cut the. Uh, the production of bids down uh incredible and uh the average person here in maine can become a caregiver relatively inexpensive and and uh and bring their wares to market oh and if for so your your uh listeners we have a special giveaway a giveaway i love it a giveaway here in maine okay so this was given to us to give away. So I want to show you. Who wants to join Elmo's Army? Elmo's Army. I think I actually just got one of those. I did. Did you? The seeds. So we're giving them away. So there's seeds. Professor P. Yep. Elmo's Bye. Army. And a little Elmo sticker. Some stickers. Yeah. Yep. So how, how can we get the uh, listener, the, the, uh, how, how do we, we will ship them out? Just if you want to get us the address we'll... or they can come, they can come pick them up right here at the store. Okay. I'll think, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe, I'm trying to think maybe we should do a contest, like a trivia question or something. Oh, that'd be uh, good. Do you, have a, do you have an Elmo or Kyle like trivia question like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah. Well, we have a special strain here at the wait, store. Wait a, wait a second, but, I've got one. Oh. How about, uh, what kind of joints does smoke? Uh, does Kyle smoke? Oh, I already know this one. <laughs> I'm not gonna give a hint. But I, I already know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you uh, can't win though. What's that? That wouldn't be fair for you to win. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna win it. I already got the seeds. This is for the audience. I, I, yes. A host cannot win his own. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not winning. But I know what it is, which I'm glad. It's well, it's Eric. Well, I can't. I, well, I, no, well, I can't. We're, we're gonna edit this. We're gonna edit this anyways. This is for podcast editing, so I'd say it. It's doinks. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Perfect. Thank you is important. Um, I mean, 
he's done, he just did he just did so many things uh, selflessly, and he just did a lot of stuff that that was setting an example of how to be as 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 a loving, giving person and a valuable human being. You know, and even if you have your faults, even if you have your issues, even if you know things go wrong in your life, you know that's that is life. But it's about still giving it all you've got every single day, and you know, changing the world, even if it's one person at a time. You know what I mean? To that person, it could be everything. And it's not only that, but he also just really, <clears throat> he really believed in a lot of people, and I think he truly inspired a lot of people to. Um, to see that and and to really push them in that direction, whatever direction they were going, it was always positive. It doesn't matter what you were doing. If you were, you know, learning to play chess, he would want you to learn how to be the best chess player you could be, and you would, you know, encourage that. And 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 really, what I think, you know, made him so important with that is how he united everyone. You know, at a certain point. It felt like you know when the community felt like the quote-unquote community where people were out there protesting and rallying and breaking the law, and、um, you know, not li- listening to what we were supposed to be doing and doing, you know,、uh, outlaw behavior and bringing medicine to sick people and risking you know running from cops, doing a lot of shit that people I don't think have done. You know what I mean? There's definitely a lack of、um, of a connection between, definitely in the past, you know, few years and the you know deterioration, I guess you could say, of people, you know, with the industrialization of cannabis and all that, and happening in the state, that 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 movement kind of definitely has suffered a little bit. But at the at the height of it, he was really, you know, for me personally, from my perspective, was right in the middle of it. Um, you know, and he again, like, led by example. Like, if you needed, you know, if you if you said, "Hey, did my, you know, my grandmother who's never used weed before, she's she's got cancer, and we need to get her something. I don't know what to do." He would send you coconut oil. He would mail it to you. He would.、Uh, I mean, I, I've literally seen patients that he's helped、um, when they could not repay him at all, and that's exactly the point of doing it: is doing it not for recognition, not for.、Um, You know, not for any of that stuff. It was just basically just to do it, and it was to do it because you, if you could, you should do it, and if you can, then you know you should, and if you're able to, you know you can't give from a cup that's empty, you know. So that wasn't you know expected in that regard. But if you were doing well, you know what I mean, help people out. You know, if you were doing good, you know, if there's somebody that's suffering or is in need of you know meds, give them something. If you're doing so well, and. And that's really what I think he instilled in a lot of people, and he brought the most positive out of out of many many people that I personally know. He encouraged them to grow. He encouraged them to, you know, literally and、uh, you know,、uh, spiritually.、Um, I don't know. He was just、uh, when I had met him. I, you know, no, I wasn't anything. I wasn't, you know, no one knew who I was. And it literally was just at a festival, and it just became, you know, kind of a friendship, and that evolved into, you know, helping people that needed meds and doing the right thing, and you know, also another huge part of it was shining a light on untruthful things that people were trying to do in the industry, or things that were、um, malicious, or things that were just just not good practice, or. 
um, unethical, you know, truly unethical. And it doesn't matter who you were that would be exposed and at to what, you know, level kind of depended on the reaction from the person, you know, and, uh, again, that really like it, it let, it let a lot of people know that there were people out there that cared still. There were people that were out there that wanted to fight for the little guy, you know, and we all were the little guys. And that's basically what it was is he, you know, rounded us all up and, uh, I don't know, just pushed us in the right direction. And a lot of people have become very successful in their own regards and have, you know, done a lot of things that, you know, I know that he personally influenced my life a lot. He influenced me um, as far as hash making goes. Um, you know, I still remember I had given him uh, when I had won my first bubble competition. He actually in uh, first hash competition, he had uh, convinced me to enter. You know what I mean? And I just had zero expectations of it. And, you know, and he just he had believed in me before anything had even happened. And he had seen, you know, the potential that I had. And it just made me want to do more. You know, and I, I mean, I don't know how many other people there's, it's, there's a lot of people out there, you know, there's a lot of people that he helped. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that really sticks out to me too, um, it was a story, um, that was told, uh, at his funeral and, uh, it was essentially, and again, I'm going to paraphrase from my memory of it, um, there was a woman that, that he had helped that was basically uh, debilitated completely and she had zero quality of life. And um, through one of his relatives, he had given them access to uh, coconut oil. And then I believe he refined the dosage down and then, you know, allowed them to be able to procure it themselves or make it themselves. Um, and that woman went from being uh, like, again, debilitated, zero quality of life to being a functioning member of society and got her life back and the the craziest part about the story wasn't just that you know the cannabis had worked its miracles and had you know helped someone literally live a functional life it was the 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 person who was giving the the sermon um whether he was a priest or a pastor i don't recall but his face was like i'll just never forget his face and it they they lived in a small town um i forget the actual town that they were from but uh, the guy knew this particular woman and he's like, I remember, I forget what her name was. He's like, I remember she like literally her life changed and like no one knew what she was doing or what had happened. And she had so many failed treatments and couldn't find any, any help and no relief. And no one really knew what had happened, but she had drastically changed her life. So he was seeing this from an outside perspective and then found out the reason behind what it was. And just like the, 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 just the energy in the room at that moment, like it's, it just, it really goes to how profound one action can be and how far it goes and how far that message can be sent just from, you know, sending the message to the right people or doing the right thing at the right time. And even if it's not that big of a deal, it can be, like I said, massive to a lot of people in that situation, you know? Kyle Correo was one of the best and most knowledgeable hash makers in the world. His love was helping others, but his passion was always extraction and the science behind it. As he would always say, dude, it's fucking science. For any event, Kyle's one of the first people that I would approach about speaking. Every time I would ask, 
veterans panel or extraction panel. And every time Kyle would say, I'm an extractor before I'm a veteran. His passion for extracts, especially bubble hash, was abundant. When he was able to share his knowledge with you, he lit up from within in a way that is absolutely rare. It gave you a glimpse into his mind, his heart, and his soul because the way he spoke was absolutely infectious. Kyle wouldn't just throw information at you. He wanted you to match his curiosity and dive in and ask a million questions, which is what I loved about him. He was the first person to teach me how to use a rosin press, one of the first people to sit me down and explain all the different types of extracts and so many other things. Kyle's knowledge and patience for teaching was unmatched. Uh, the first time I met Kyle um, was my first speaking event back in 2016 at Homegrown Healthcare in Maine. Um, it was their veterans event and I was pretty much a deer in headlights and Kyle just kept offering me more and more weed um, to calm me down. Uh, by the end of the event, he had asked me to join National Trichome Society on Facebook um, and within a couple months I left. Um, the first time I saw him after that, he knew. He knew that I left the group and asked why and I told him it's, it's just not my cup of tea. It seems like it's more for trolling. It's just kind of the stuff that I'm you know, not my cup of tea. And he wasn't having it. He explained to me that NTS wasn't for just for that. It was a community structured on accountability and aid. I wasn't there to be part of the accountability crew. I was there for free knowledge as aid. This time when I rejoined again, um, he tagged me in questions that people would be asking about knowledge so I could use my knowledge as an herbalist. Um, he knew that if I didn't know the answer to a question, I would either find it or I'd find someone else like Catherine Lewis or Catherine Rifkin or someone else that could answer that question. Um, and that's mostly how we interacted besides seeing each other at events for a few years. Um, and then I moved up to Maine um, and I was struggling to get on my feet and Kyle went above and beyond to make sure I was taken care of. He was, for the first six months, he was not just providing me with meds, he was pretty much my only visitor that came to keep me sane. Um, even if I had trimmed for him, he'd still pay me. He'd never accept money for coconut oil or flour. Those were always kicked down. He would accept food. Uh, the first time I made anything for him was bolognese sauce. And he said, I can tell you know what you're doing. You put bay leaves in it like my mom does, which is a huge compliment coming from an Italian. So I was pretty proud of myself. <laughs> Um, eventually I got a job with him at Homegrown and if I couldn't get to work for any reason he'd be there to pick me up and drive me home. Um, he could roll a joint while driving with the windows down and the radio blasting and the conversation keeping up a conversation and I just never understood how the hell he could do it. Um, when my grandfather was sick he woke up super early and drove all the way from Winthrop, Maine to Lewiston to make sure that I could get to the bus station in time so I could be with my grandfather before he passed. Um, and then he proceeded to check on me while I was down for two weeks for the funeral. Um, that's just the type of guy Kyle was. He always wanted to make sure people were okay and he always wanted to make sure that they were going to be able to do anything that they needed to do. Um, by 2000, 2018, um, with Kyle's encouragement, I started volunteering at the organization village for Maskin um, for Extravaganza and the Boston Freedom Rally. He drove all the way to, from Maine to Northampton to do Extravaganza the day before his birthday just to be a speaker for me. Um, I wouldn't have survived organizing the education village that year without Kyle. He helped me with every scheduling and speaker decision, what issues were important enough to push people onto a panel together that didn't like each other, all of that kind of thing. Um, 
and then the board a few board members tried to ban him as a speaker and phil hardy and i had to fight tooth and nail to make sure he could participate phil hardy worked some kind of magical witchcraft and got him approved not just for the education village but as a main stage speaker spot that year and watching him up there on this main stage and on the education village he was glowing it was the best thing to see him that happy um that weekend anytime there was a spot that was empty in the education village for a panel because someone didn't show up kyle would be there to fill in for me if i needed food water a break kyle was there to help um that was the weekend that we also lost uh glenn lewis and pedro um i remember i was standing at a booth and i see Glenn and Pedro stumble by in a complete daze. And then an hour later, I get a call from Kyle um, asking where they were because he had lost them hours ago. Um, but we decided that everything would be fine as long as we could get find them before Cat Lewis got to Boston, which we did. I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, when the power got cut early on Sunday at the Boston Freedom Rally that year, I sat Kyle outside the education village with a megaphone so he could just give educational advice in only the way Kyle could by yelling things like legalize recreational medicinal PCP and some other fun slogans um, that Cyril Vincent was lucky enough to get on video and it's hilarious to watch. Um, that night when we realized that my camera was stolen, it was Kyle who checked every single pawn shop in Boston. He contacted every photographer that was in the education village to see if anyone saw anything. He even checked Craigslist. Um, pretty much everything he could to try to get it back. Him and Devin Tellier sent me home with all of the flour and dabs they had on them because I was left with absolutely nothing. And they just did their best to make sure I was taken care of. And that's the way it always was full circle. He helped build countless people up so they could turn, in turn build up countless people. At the end of the day, he thought we could all succeed and grow as long as there is accountability and aid. And the best form of aid for him was knowledge and empowering others. Kyle was a loud activist and he had every right to be. He was authentically one of the best hash makers in the world. He didn't just push people to be better in his field. He pushed everyone to be better at their craft and it was always for the patient. Looking back on his speeches, Elmo has always wanted us as an industry to remember our roots where we started. His goal was always to ensure that the, we remembered the legends that came before us, like Mickey. He pretty much every speech he made from 2017 onward, he ranted about how much he looked up to Mickey and adored him. He never wanted Mickey and the others before him to be forgotten. After 2018, he would always talk about Glenn Lewis beating cancer in his speeches and how much he admired everything Glenn and Kat were doing. Elmo and Sean, Judge, drove in a snowstorm from Northport to Winthrop, Maine, through downed trees, poles, and power lines because Glenn Lewis lost power during his cancer treatments and his grow was at risk of being ruined and that he would have nothing. And Kyle never blinked. Elmo got in the car and just did anything like that if he was needed. And that was part of the full circle. Kyle helped Glenn, and now Glenn is instrumental in helping patients. Um, for me, the quote that really sums up Kyle will always be, clean cannabis is the goal. Clean hash, clean everything, you know? Fuck the establishment. Fuck all the people that are like big money trying to come in here and buy up all the dispensaries and shit. We don't want Walmart in charge of things. And that's what I will always remember is that type of fire.